All right, another loss for the two-time reigning champions who are now below 500. So where to next for the Kings? Is it salvageable? Former King Brad Rosen, the perfect man to step us through Sydney's current dilemma, plus an enormous Friday night doubleheader featuring four teams with legit top six chances. That's next. Happy Friday, Hoops fans. NBL now in your ears this January 12. Joel Peterson here as per, and former Sydney King Brad Rosen has been good enough to jump on the line this morning. G'day, Brad. Good to see you. How are you, mate? Very well. Um, gee, another fascinating night of hoops last night in the NBL, and uh, for the Kings, the, their roles just roll on, their woes roll on. So they're now 10 and 11, below 500. They could be out of the six after the weekend. What did you make uh, uh, well, of they, that game last night? They play last night. I had this dream they shot from like five of 33 from the three-point line or something. So I don't know. Did they actually lose to Adelaide? I thought, I thought it was a joke. Sorry to pour the cold bucket of water over your head this morning, Brad. It, it happened. Oh, that was uh, that was like watching paint dry, that thing last night. That was, uh, that was a train wreck. And, uh, yeah, pretty abysmal by the Kings. Uh, yet another... You know, game that, that got away from them. And um, defensively, again, they're struggling 94 points. Uh, and uh, and things are, are not looking up and they're coming into New Zealand on Sunday. We see a team like that and you sort of expect it to change. You expect that, 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 you're, that, that they'll write their course and you, you give them the benefit of the doubt. But now this is just that the Tasmania win is, is the outlier in all of their recent form, basically. Um it's completely the wrong way for quite a long time now. You're on the call Sunday when they when they back up against New Zealand. Do you expect that it'll change against the Breakers? Do you expect that they will change something personnel-wise or do you think this is just them for the rest of the season? Look, I, I think this will be them for the rest of the season. I mean, the only thing that can change is DJ Hogue comes back in. But, I mean, you know, without being hard, and I love DJ Hogue, he's an outstanding player and we saw what he gave Cairns last year. It wasn't really much different when he was in the in the system uh, prior to him getting injured. So I don't really see much change. They made a yet another change to the starting five last night. Uh, I don't think that's the answers. The starting five. I did notice they played Glover more. You know that that was a good thing, and I thought he did well. Quat um, you know, dunked the ball really well. He had a couple of those things. But look, I'm I I can't see them changing anything uh, because I don't think there's anything to change. I think it, it, they have to look in the mirror. They have to say to themselves, I, we're not playing hard. Uh, they've been saying this for a couple of weeks. Everyone else has been saying it for a couple of weeks. And they've now got to come out with the energy. And if they don't, they'll take another loss. From a coaching and a, and a team management perspective, I guess the, the the dilemma between needing to do something about it, so wanting to make changes to the starting lineup, and then maybe stability might be the course of action at the moment. Where would you land? I mean, would you just say, right, this is our starting five for a block of games? Or would you keep looking for answers and making the changes? Because, again, the, the first thing that jumped out to me last night was, oh, another change to the starting five. Interesting to see how yeah. this works. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I spoke to Coach Wood last week on air and, and, and interviewed him and sort of said, you know, you're making a lot of substitutions. You're getting guys in and out of the game. You know, what are you doing? Are you trying to find rotations? He said, absolutely. That's exactly what I'm trying to do. So the scary thing with that is is you don't have the rotations and it's this late in the season. I don't see anything changing for the pure fact that there's, what, seven, eight, nine games, whatever it is left. That, that, that's not going to be the answer. They were sitting in fourth. I think they still are at the moment, but that will probably change throughout the weekend. But I, I just think it's they've got to have a good hard look at themselves and go, right, what are we doing? 
it's very similar to what Perth had. You know, everyone was calling for John Rilly's head at the beginning of the season. You speak to Bryce Cotton and the players only had a meeting and they all got out what they needed to get out. I don't know, maybe that's the next thing. For all I know, they've had that as well. It's quite close shot, but um, the energy is just not where it's got to be. You can have all the good defense, all the good offense in set in place, but if you're not going to play with energy and have communication and talk, it doesn't matter. You're playing against, you know, you're playing against yourselves and you're not going to get a win. And they're in that, that jam-packed six at the moment. Uh, our our good friend, Corey Homicide-Williams, last night took to social media. He said, I've seen enough. Fire head coach Mahmoud Abdel-Fattah. Fire all three of the imports. So he's got the he's got the pistol out as Homicide. He says, even with DJ, they'd look the same. Find the whole team one month's salary. Make history and appoint coach Fleur McIntyre, the interim head coach. The Sydney Kings season is over. Man, I miss that boy. It's great to see him going out saying what only homicide can say. Look, it's what a lot of fans are saying as well. I mean, the import thing is interesting. I'd love to see him try and find everyone for a month. Um, look, I don't think it's going to happen. I understand what he's saying. Flo is a head coach in waiting. There's no question. A lot of people know what she's like and the caliber. But I just can't see that happening. I really can't. I mean, forget the imports. That There's no way because you need seven games. I think it still is to be able to qualify your imports. So there's no way that's going to happen. So uh, love what Homicide brings. Uh, boy, I miss that guy in the commentary and lots of love, my man. But yeah, I don't think that's happening. No, it's, uh, it's nice to hear him uh, Nice to hear him weighing in. Um, the other side of the coin last night was the 36ers. So they've turned the corner under Scott Ninnis now. They've started 2024 in some, some really fine style. Uh, what are you seeing from them in their last few games that they're, they're doing more effectively that's leading to some winning basketball? Well, I think it's the opposite of what the Kings are doing, isn't it? Like, they're just playing hard. They're looking fun. I thought Trey Kell's been, you know, outstanding for them. I think he's averaging over 20 and close to eight or nine rebounds over the past month or whatever it is. So he, he's been fantastic for him. DJ's hitting big shots. Not so much last night. I felt, you know, he really wanted to put the dagger in the Kings last night. You could see that, but it was uh, a lot. Some of it was forced and it just didn't drop. But look, they're playing really well. You've got to give it credit to the guys that weren't playing as well. Kadeem, McCarron, those guys are coming off the bench Sunday. They did awesome last night and they're playing their role. So, you know, got to give kudos to Scotty Ninnis. He's, uh, he's got the boys looking happy. They're playing hard. and You know, a couple of wins, which is great for them. Another massive crowd in Adelaide too. And a big shout out to our own John Casey. Thousandth game of uh, NBL called last night. It's a, a wonderful achievement. Unbelievable. Thousand games. And he's only, and he still only looks thirty, Joey. <laughs> I don't know how he does it. Nah, he's in, uh, he's fine. Fettel, one of the one of the greats, and uh, a very very good man as well. Uh, I called the Bullets game on Wednesday night. That was an impressive win without Nathan Sobey. We know it happened in thrilling circumstances. Of course, they've got another game. They, they forced themselves up into fifth. What did you make of that Bullets performance without Nathan Sobey? Great win. I mean, I called the game on Sunday, and I thought they were brilliant and had a fantastic win against the Kings. And Sobes was great. For them to come in and I turn the TV on and I hear you say he's not playing tonight. I was like, whoa, this is a win for Tasmania. And then Tasmania just burped it. Um, got to give it to the to, – I, I thought the bigs were really good for Brisbane um, and, and I love what they bought. McDaniel is just still playing that type of basketball, which I love as well. And how they didn't foul Smith on that last play, I do not know. But he's still at the knock it down. It was a great job and one Tasmania will woo with um, – with the way the ladder is, like what you're saying, it's so tight at the moment. Every win that you lose like that is is almost a double loss sometimes because not only do you lose, you go down the ladder and percentage as well. So uh, big loss um, to Tassie, but a great win for the Bullets.
Eagles. Yeah, five of seven now for Tassie. We'll talk a little bit more about them very shortly. Two massive games tonight. So the focus really in terms of playoff seeding and that kind of thing. Some of the teams that play Saturday night have already played this weekend. The same on Sunday. But tonight we see four fresh teams going out and heading into it. Our first game, it starts in New Plymouth. So uh, not in Auckland tonight, the New Zealand and our Melbourne game. It's a TSB Bank Arena. And the Breakers take on Melbourne. A uh, couple of big outs for the for United, which we'll touch on in a moment. But the Breakers, they, they, they're surrounding into form nicely. Findelaney's still a little way away. Can they challenge Melbourne United on their quote-unquote home floor tonight? Yeah, they can challenge, and I think they're going to win as well. Um, I thought they burnt last week. They really should have got that win and won that they'll woo. And, uh, and they're looking good to get a doubleheader this week, obviously. So, as you said, they take on Melbourne. Uh, you did mention some outs, JLA and Shaley, which is massive outs for them. They've still got enough, Melbourne. Don't get me wrong. They, they've got enough to get the win. Uh, Melbourne, are, are, you know, are very good. But I just think New Zealand, with the loss last week, with the fact that the ladder's so tight, they'll come back. I am such a fan of Lamb. Uh, that guy is just one of the best imports in this league. Um, you know, we talk about MVP race. Bryce is out there, no question. But if New Zealand get there and make that run and as high as they can, look out for this guy to rock it up there. I'm an absolute massive fan of his. So New Zealand, to me, to get that win tonight. Um, the last time these two teams met, or earlier in the season when they met, it was in Melbourne, and and they, Joe Lualachul and Ariel Hook-Porty were the really sort of decisive factors in that game, a big performance from Ian Clark late. Now with only one of those two bigs, it's not such a problem for New Zealand managing Zyland Chetham's minutes. How does it change the dynamic for Melbourne and for Dean Vickerman only having one of those bigs and then taking Yilly out of their backcourt rotation as well? Yeah, it's just that's that's the difficulty, isn't he? I mean, you look at the Kings when they played Melbourne last week. That backcourt was unbelievable. Shea, uh, Shea and Delhi just went to work on the Kings. But now you take one of those out. And if that happens, you sort of, oh, well, let's go inside and go big. And now you're taking JLA out. So... It's two very interesting one. I'll, I'll be interested to see if Travers pays. You know, he I, I watched him in Sydney warm up, and that looked pretty uh, sore his knee. So even if he is back, uh, which I would doubt from what I saw, but I don't know at the moment, uh, that's going to be trouble. So I, I think it all plays in favour for the um, for for what I believe will be that New Zealand win. But yeah, look, Melbourne are so good. They're extremely well coached. You know that Dean's going to have them up ready playing again in New Zealand where Dean obviously won a championship as well. So it's going to be an absolute crack at it, Joel. Absolutely it is. And then that rolls into Tassie and Illawarra. So as we said, Tassie disappointing. They'd be doing some soul searching at the moment. What are you seeing from the Jack Jumpers at, right now, the way that they're playing that's, that's causing them some of these issues? Look, they are extremely well coached as well, and Scott Roth. And the thing that I see from New Zealand is they're not doing a lot wrong. Like, you know, I don't want to keep harping on the Kings, but the energy, the defense, they're giving up too many points. To me, Tasmania is not that. They're just missing that little flick of the switch. And that could happen throughout the season. And I think that they are way too good that that won't happen. I love what they bring to the team. Uh, when Will Magne is firing, Tasmania fire. Him going out, just sort of being in and out of that injury a little bit, I think hurt them a little bit. He's back. I think with him playing tonight, I think he'll be really good. It's going to be an absolute cracker because obviously Illawarra six out of the last eight games under obviously Coach Tatum. So this team is is absolutely humming. But I just feel, and you know, it's a, it's a toss of a coin, but I think Tasmania at home 
uh, on the back of a must-needed win, we'll be able to scrape that out tonight. The, the, the Hawks now start a stretch where they've got five double headers in six weeks. So they've got this form, they've got this momentum. It's a different sort of challenge now to keep that rolling when you've got this really busy end to the season. How do you think they'll they'll handle that down the stretch, Illawarra? Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, you look at it, thank God they didn't have this at the beginning of the season because they'd be in a lot worse trouble because they probably would have lost more games than what they had at the moment. So they're lucky now that they get the double headers. But this is their season coming up. It'd be really interested that, you know, they're in the playoff right now. So it's none of this we're catching up or we're hoping to get this. They are right there now and it's in their hands and that's all you can ask for as a coach and as a player. I'll be really interested to see how they back up because what's been getting them over the line, and I've called every Illawarra game at that Illawarra this year, and what's been getting them over the line is their energy and up the floor. Uh, Robinson's playing well. Tyler Harvey, some, you know, even if he doesn't shoot well, he's giving them other things. And to me, one of another great import, very similar to Lamb, how they're very, you know, low base center of gravity with the strength is Gary Clark. And I absolutely love what he brings the team as well. So, uh, I feel if they can go through what they've been doing, Froling's playing another level of basketball. Can't believe that guy's 23 or 24. When you look at it, he feels like he's been there for about 30 years. Uh, Clark playing, Robinson playing what they're doing. They're going to be really, really hard to beat. So to answer your question, yep, absolutely no doubt that the double headers will be good for them. Please, God, they stay healthy and they can get the other boys in, like Lockie Oldbrick and get their minutes up and, and see what they can bring on the, on the stretch, right? Yeah, because they're playing some really exciting basketball. So they're they're eight and nine. Two wins this weekend would get them to ten and nine. Brisbane could get to five hundred. Sydney could get go down as low as ten and twelve, or they could get back to eleven eleven. That middle stretch of the ladder is so congested. That's even without mentioning the fact that we've got Cairns and Adelaide Saturday night, the early game. Perth and South East Melbourne, the late game, and then on Sunday, Brisbane take on Illawarra, which is that's a really important game in the in the finals mix, and then Sydney and New Zealand in the later game on Sunday, which, Brad, you'll be a part of the call team for. We do finish our Friday shows with our weekend headlines. Uh, now, uh, the substitute last week, Derek Rucker, I excused him from having to come up with a headline. I'll do the same for you today. So I'll uh, I'll wear the burden of these. So this is basically setting up what we think might happen over the course of the weekend and then what we think that the paper, the local paper for the teams might run with on uh, when the weekend comes to an end. So... Um, I'll give you the Illawarra Mercury on Monday, the back page. Hawks soar into top four. I've got the Hawkies going back-to-back this weekend. And that if a, a couple of wins and a couple of other results go their way, I think uh, that, that, that Wollongong will be jumping with the way the Hawks are going at the moment. And the second one is, I mean, it's a little bit more facetious, I'm not going to lie. Daily Telegraph on Monday. It's just going to be a job ad. Heir to the throne, apply within. The Kings lose to New Zealand on Sunday, and all of a sudden, it's classified time on the back of the paper. Oh, my I, goodness. I feel uh, like you lean into the Illawarra one. <laughs> Who do you send the email address to? Yeah, I think that might be a generic phone oh. number. I wouldn't want to be the receptionist. No, it's look, it's such an easy thing, isn't it? When, when teams play well, it's the players, and when teams play bad, it's the coach. Um, it, it, it's it's such a hard time when you're losing. And again, I go back to what happened with John. Really, everyone was everyone was calling for his head. 
So uh, I will I will watch with bated breath for the Daily Telegraph on Monday for your for your headline to be on the back page. Uh, all in all in good fun. It's not something we like seeing, but uh, it is a it's certainly going to be a discussion point at the moment. And you know the, the people might be coming for the King's role. That's all I'm saying. People might be coming for the King's role at the top of the NBL. There uh, are, if they do, I know there are a lot of people around Australia that are not unhappy with what's going on with the Sydney Kings. I know that much for sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Uh, Brad, great to chat hoops with you this morning. Enjoy your weekend and looking forward to uh, hearing you on the call on Sunday. Thanks so much. Brad Rosen there, our final weekend of NBL, final edition of NBL now for the week. Plenty of hoops coming across the course of the weekend. And of course, we'll be back on Tuesday and Moments That Mattered on Sunday.